Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with overall creative and founder and president of Satori Innovation, Patrick Williams. He is a passionate and inspiring public speaker, consultant, writer, artist, independent scholar, and visionary educator. He has over four decades of experience teaching and facilitating deep learning in a wide range of audiences. He is a TEDx speaker and an award-winning artist. He is exhibited throughout the United States, Japan, and China. His art is in public and private collections. He has been represented by galleries in Chicago, Seattle, Omaha, and Albuquerque. He has black belts, great stories. Enjoy this interview. What's up, man? Awesome. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I love the backdrop. You got a lot of art going on back there. Definitely. Dig it. I think we might know someone between us. All right. Do you know Cubby Phillips, a guitarist, jazz guitarist? It's very familiar, yes. Young. He's, I think he's like late 20s. Okay. He played down in Kansas City a bunch with a trio. All right, yeah, I, I definitely the name the name is ringing a bell, and yeah. sometimes I have that weird like the Rolodex gets too full, and I'll see people <laughs> play, and I'm like, I know who that cat is. Right, and it just takes a little bit to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my you- Rolodex <laughs> falls falls off the back end. I think. A lot. Oh man, yeah. There's there's all kinds of cards slipping out every day. Yeah. Where are you located? Omaha. Omaha. Yeah, I love it. So very close. I I always wish that. Obama was from there so they could rename it Obamaha. That would be really cool. <laughs> it might be. There was a city in Japan named Obama. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that, that idea is taken. I just needed to talk to the right guy. Right. Hey, hey I have. That's in my Rolodex still. That's so, it, right? Yeah. It's still it up may there. leave now, but I've yeah. used it. Exactly. <laughs> hey, man, it's great to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, you bet. My pleasure. So I'm going to kick this conversation off with what we lived through for the last three years with COVID. How did you get through it and how has it changed you? Sure. Uh, interesting question. Uh, my wife and I have had a nonprofit for 23 years and we do, uh, it's a arts education, but also investigative scholarship. So we dive deeply into a myriad of, uh, uh, information and, and, uh, current events. So it was right up our alley. And we, we actually knew we had hints and, and, and chatter about some things happening, you know, even in late, uh, 2019. So, and that's, that's another hat that I wear, which is different than the hat that we wear now. So in a way, our life, pretty much stayed the same. We just uh, were doing maybe a little bit more reading and, and communicating with people, but it was pretty much the same. You know, the the worst part was in a way for us that we, because we work at home, we often go out for what we call D&D, drinks and dialogue. Yeah, right. So so our, our drinks and dialogue were always at home rather yeah. than at you know, one of our favorite restaurants that uh, we would hang out at. So so you clearly have the art. You have a nonprofit. Let's get to the essence of what exactly what you do every day. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? I would say I do what you do during your free time. I make art and play. 
That's awesome. What did yeah. you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? I definitely an artist. Okay. I'd already, I'd already decided that I, well, how old are we when we're in third grade? Like uh, 10 or 11? 10. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 10, I did, uh, in 2016, I did a TEDx talk in Boulder and I explain kind of my origin story, yeah. which had to do with an event that happened near my home. And me realizing that that's when I really started to make art. So it was it was sort of a a combination of love and tragedy that that got me accelerated into my art making, so to speak. So that's the that's the little tease for everybody who's watching. Plus you to to watch my TEDx talk. Okay, cool. So who was an early influence artistically on you? Someone that, that like, uh, their paintings you loved. Well, first, my earliest influence was my grandfather who sketched and invented little items around the house. And he was also a photographer. Uh, he had his own darkroom. Uh, he didn't at the time when I was small, but he had tons of photographic uh, equipment and he had an enlarger that I inherited after he died. And uh, so that was the first spark and a little bit in, in high school, I started, my radar was uh, up with Dali. So, yeah. and you know, that's, it, in some ways, that's a very typical adolescent, like, oh, that's so cool. Look what, you know, what, look what he's making and, and such. So uh, he was, he was probably my first uh, early on influence artistically. So what was the first piece of work that you did that you either felt like I've, th this makes sense. This uh, is what I want to show the world or you had a reception that was very positive. That's a, nobody's ever asked me that. That's a, I like that. Uh, well, there was, well, I did two actually for the same family. I did a drawing of their dog named Noah. That was a, a border, a big border collie. And then, uh, the, the father of the family, my, my best friend's dad asked me to paint a painting of his, this will date me, right? His CB handle. Wow. Which was Silver Eagle. Wow. All right. And I did, I started out big when I was just starting to paint. So this was my, I think my third painting and it was probably three feet by four feet. Yeah, it was big and it was uh, the wings, the head and the talons of an eagle. And I painted it all in silver wow. on a blue background with a, kind of an, an interesting uh, framing around the edge of it. And then there was uh, a very stylized sky and very stylized uh, earth, <laughs> wow. just kind of brown and blue. And yeah. then there is the silver eagle. And I think the eagle has a red eye maybe. Yeah. So, so that was when I, when I did those two, I really knew that, you know, something's going on for this, you know, farm boy that, you know, yeah. Uh, didn't come from much, so. So if you could walk into a room with any artist in history and have a bottle of really good booze that you pick and you both can sit there and drink and just have at it, who would you love to sit down and have talked to? Michelangelo. Yeah. Yeah. No, no hesitation. Yeah. I, I, I did a, a series of drawings in 1999 
that I had a, a very large studio in, in Seattle and I, I had a wall that was 55 feet long and 14 feet tall. And I did two, I, well, I did a, I did maybe 15 drawings all based on his work. And these drawings, two of them were 25 feet long by almost eight feet. So they were uh, huge to, yeah. to say the least. And uh, so I, I liken it to when someone like uh, Uchida, she's a, a, a concert pianist, Japanese concert pianist, when she plays Mozart. So she's recreating something that he wrote down in with pen and ink, right? Yeah. 200 and some years ago. So when she's playing that, I assume, I've never talked to somebody who's in that position of concert pianist. There must be a, a type of uh, uh, simpatico that happens yeah. with them. There was certainly, I got more and more into Michelangelo's work, looking at it, studying it, reading about him. And I was drawing the same lines as he was drawing. So there yeah. was this 500-year uh, harmonization that I was feeling more and more and more. So I, I have an affinity with his his uh, his drawings, but also I used paintings, but and I also drew some of his sculpture onto these uh, huge pieces of paper. Uh, so he's he's something somebody that I've I have a different kind of communication with, yeah. and I would love to sit down and just with a nice bottle of Italian wine and and talk. Yeah, and he for was sure. a he was a super character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been actually to Italy and been through and seen a lot of those Renaissance paintings. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, like going to the Sistine Chapel, you could spend weeks and weeks on all the artwork that's on the way to oh, that. Totally. Just yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's funny that transference between art because I, the, the great uh, free jazz saxophonist Eric Dolphy. He used to go outside and he would play the horn to the sound of the birds. So oh, he yeah. would, you know what I'm saying? Like literally just go out and follow it. And when you think about the way that he would, do, 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 everything would just kind of go up and down. The syncopation was on acid. It was the part of it was probably just the way he approached it, but it was that sure. whole idea of him following nature and something right. that's just unplanned and erratic, you know? Right. So totally. Yeah. Na cool. Nature will always show you the way. Yeah. You Are know, you kidding? Yeah. Whenever, whenever you're whenever you're stuck in yeah. anything, it doesn't matter if you're designing cars or or you're a plumber or whatever. If you're stuck on something that you're trying to figure out, go outside, take your shoes off, put your feet in the grass, take a walk, you know, get by some water, whatever, yep. a lake, a stream, or a pond, or whatever, a mountain. Get in nature and and then ask to receive. Yeah, and something. Something will come to you. It may Absolutely. not be exactly what you think it's going to be, but it's going to, something's going to happen. Which is the beauty Positive. of it. It's the surprise. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, my, my wife, I, I live in three generations of women. So if there's like an animal that's like abnormal or maybe injured or whatever, I'm always, I've always been under the guise that nature knows better than we do. We should not mess with it. Right. You know, unless it's really bad, 
But right. it's like, usually it's like, you know what? They, they got this. They got we're, this. We're a bunch of sophomores. They're, right. they're the ones. They, they've been doing this for a long time God. and, and really, really well. Well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Fabulously well. Yeah. Yeah. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Uh, well, gosh. Well, I've had, I've had close heroes like teachers who were yeah. in a way heroic. I had a, a physics teacher in high school that w- also became a friend, and uh, he was absolutely astronomically influential. Uh, and a painting professor in college, he was a wild, off-the-cuff kind of guy, just hard to describe. He was very influential. He gave me he gave me a studio as an undergraduate, which wow. was, you know there were graduate students on waiting lists yeah. and he just saw, you know, I was kind of a problem in the big painting room that we had because I was getting paint everywhere and working on like five or six canvases at a time. And he was just like, I'm tired of dealing with you. Follow me. And he led me into a room and he said, this is your studio. Here's a key. Have at it. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So he was, he was influential. Uh, My karate instructor, uh, from it was my first class of my first day of college, and then I continued on uh, with karate and aikido later. But he was a very influential hero esque, uh, uh, and and Picasso in a way was he was still alive when I was young, so yeah. there was some kind of morphic connection. Uh, yeah of me in with him in, in France. So uh, he was, I, I studied him quite a bit when I was in, uh, in school, but then la- the after school, after college for probably five or six more years. So what's been the best advice you've ever gotten that's resounded and, and resonated with you in your life? Well, the first thing that came to mind was I, I can't remember why I was, Oh, it was some of the, some of the younger folks that we were working with when we lived in Chicago, when we had our nonprofit there, he had just had his car stolen. And I was trying to, I was trying to get across town, uh, to help him. And, you know, in Chicago, you drive kind of crazy anyway. It's kind of like driving in Italy, right? Chicago is the closest thing to Italy. In the States, maybe. I mean, I haven't driven in all, all in a bunch of cities, but uh, I have driven in both Chicago and Italy. Uh, and I was, I was getting home first and then I was going to go find him and help him. And unbeknownst to me, a cop car had followed me for like three blocks. I found a place. It was really hard to find places to park near our apartment. And I found a place to park. This cop car pulls up next to me and they, they were really good guys. And I can't remember exactly what he first said, but the Indian advice was just remember slow and steady. And that has always stayed with me. So that's the first thing that I I thought of in the moment. I've heard that before too. So let me ask you this. If you could witness any event in human history that's happened with your own eyes, what would you love to have seen? I already I guess, used 
Michelangelo. I, I think I would I would go for uh, maybe the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. I mean, I not the I wouldn't want to do like the the Last Supper, right? Because then, and knowing what I know, it's like, yeah. oh man, you know, that, this this doesn't end well. Yeah, in, right. In some ways, and ends yeah. well in other ways. But but yeah. it's like, oh, let's go back a what I, I don't know a few months or years. I I don't know what the time scale is, but kind of to yeah. catch him in his prime and when yeah. he's in the when he's in the zone, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And and maybe sneak up and try to chat with him you know like after a concert or something hang yeah. out at the at the stage door so to speak of of uh and see if i could get through the the bouncers the 12 yeah. disciples yeah absolutely well speaking of um you know just th- those levels of motivation what is it for you every day that makes mm-hmm. you wake up and be who you are and to create and to continue helping others too through your nonprofit? sure uh i think it's it's the the enticement of surprise. So the, I do I do a what I call a morning meditation drawing every morning, and I've done it for maybe almost six years now. And I and I did a, a version of it before that, but it wasn't as uh, refined, so to speak. So every morning I draw, and this year I'm drawing three circles, and then I make marks. And my goal is to surprise myself. So I've made like, you know, it's 2,600 of these things. And I'm still surprised. I'm still like, wow, that's, where'd that come from? Yeah. So that sets, in a way that sets the tone of my day of how surprised I was in the drawing. And, and then, you know, it, it affects our conversation. Yeah, and uh, just the the essence of of creativity is it's why so many of us uh, chose jazz or or painting or any creative outlet. And and there's and from my point of view, there's creativity in in everything that we do. Yeah. So it, it just it's it's a, a back to nature. Referencing that, it's nature. You you go out in nature, and all you can see is creative. Yeah, it's just happening all the time. Yeah. So so that that thrill of of the creative is what what drives me, inspires yeah. me. Well yeah. said. So of all of the work that you've done, what's mm. been one of the most unique responses you've ever gotten from somebody? Oh, wow. Well, interestingly, there has to be a bunch more of these, but one of them was from my family. So up until 1991, I had never, except when I was in, in school, in, in college, in art school, uh, and we did some realistic work, but basically for years, I did nothing but non-representational work and some abstract work. And after I went to Japan in 1991 for a big celebration of our karate organization. It was the 50th year. And, and I was on a trip with one of my friends from the dojo in, in Lincoln. And we were standing at this amazing site, the, the Golden Pavilion. And he said, this trip is going to change your art. And I said, no way. 
and I said it a bit too fast because the universe had a different plan. Yeah. I get back from Japan and I start painting uh, flowers and skulls and bones and and fruit and vegetables and anything that I could find. I'd start painting them, yeah. and then that that was in July, and I did that all the way through up until Christmas. And I went home that year from Seattle to Omaha to see my family, and I brought I brought with me a bunch of small paintings of flowers, and I got them all on out for Christmas Day, and I set them all up, and they were all behind me, and I sat down. And there was silence. And the most surprising thing I've heard is I turned around and I said, what's up? And they said, I can't remember who said it. We had no idea you could do this. So that's cool. So it, it was, it was both surprising and, and frustrating in a way, but yeah. yeah, that, but that's the beauty of this. It goes back totally. to that. Why, why you love doing it. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the 20 year old version of yourself. You can give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained throughout your life up to this point. What would you tell your young version? I would tell them slow and steady. There you go. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> so of all of the things, it's very, it, it's very evident in your life that you're very satisfied. You're, you're up, you're up on that Maslow scale mm. you've done a lot of things what are you the proudest of I, I think well two things come in mind i'm the i'm proudest of the relationships i've had in my life and then especially with my wife that's been the pinnacle of of an amazing connection that we've been together we're uh tomorrow or no, Saturday is our 23rd wedding anniversary. Right we on. met a little later in life. And we met at a show, at an art show of mine. Yeah. And, uh, and the other is uh, being persistent, staying with my vision of making rather than so many folks that I know who've, especially people in school that were majoring in art, but then drifted away from it and and then maybe made it, you know, five or six more years after school and then drifted away. But I'm you know, it, it's very satisfying to have, you know, always been making making art, drawings and paintings and a little bit of sculpture. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was thinking earlier on in our conversation and it and I lost it in the Rolodex. I was thinking about how Yoko and John met. And I don't know if you, you remember how she had that painting in the ladder and you went yeah. up to it and she painted yes. Yeah. And he went up and looked at it with the magnifying glass. Yeah. And that was it. That was, that was it. it. You know, it's interesting. I, that, that's my painting behind me and I do shows and I paint. I've been painting for like 20 years and it's just therapeutic. I love it. Sure. And I remember one of the first shows I got in Kansas City. We have our Crossroads Art District and it's a big deal. And I really pushed to get to that point where I could have a show on the crossroads. It was a big deal. First sure. Friday. And I remember I got down there and the gal that ran the gallery, I'll never forget her telling me this. She said, it's great that you got this, but it's all about what you do after this. Because mm, all sure. these people come in with all these big dreams and notions, just like you said, people that just stop doing it. And I think the older I've gotten, I turned 50 last year. I think about articles I read where they have watercolor classes at nursing homes and mm. how vital that is to keep the synapses. Healthy, Absolutely. You know, 
And, totally. And, it, and, and it's just like on the weekends, I have the iPad and I'm trying to reduce my digital imprint. I'll, we'll sit out on the patio and have coffee and I'll, and I'll ask my wife, what's the word? And she'll just throw out a word and I'll just do a painting. That's awesome. And that's our thing. And, and I love it. And it's that whole notion that like, it's, it's really about a lifelong thing. And, and I think what's emblematic of you being changed and doing what you've done with the fruit and everything is that personally, my philosophy is I always want to be doing something new and pushing myself out. If I do something where I come back and I'm like, wow, how did that happen? That's the eureka moment. Totally. Yeah. It's the surprise. Yeah. And yeah. is it, is it the uh, map of the United States? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, that's my wife's, a, my wife's, my wife's a fifth grade teacher. So that actual painting is in her room. So. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. I, I actually like it better than Jasper Johns's United oh. States maps. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. you know what? I just, sometimes I'm just ignorant of certain things that are big because people will be like, that looks like something. And it's like, I, you know, which plays into the Beatles lyric. Whatever has been made has been made before. Whatever oh, yeah. Said. Yeah. We're all. We're all uh, imitators of the the women. A lot of them were women that crawled into those caves forty thousand years ago and started it all. We're all we're on their shoulders, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. They were the, they were the first ones to to do what we do. We're just little record imprints of the master. <laughs> That's so right. Everyone out there has a perception of you: family, friends, fans everybody that knows you, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? I keep asking myself that question like <laughs> every the, day. That's the one. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I'm a, I'm a human being striving, striving to learn and, and connect to people and to life. Right on. That's who I think I am, at least so, right now in this moment, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, I dig it. I am too. I'm in that same thing. I yeah. remember a story years ago when the Beatles anthology came out. Um, the, the Beatles really wanted to meet Bob Dylan. And when they did, they all got zonked out of their heads. They smoked so much. They forgot where they were. And I guess Paul McCartney wrote down the meaning of life on a piece of paper and put it in his, his uh, front pocket. And the next day he couldn't find it. <laughs> Can you imagine the person that picked up that? And they were like, right. oh, my. I know what. Yeah. That's it. It's like one of the original Beatles wrote the meaning of life down. So, hey, if anyone out there wants to pick up your work, learn more about you, anything about your TEDx talk, which you opened a great door, people sure. need to preen into it. Anything Excellent. related yeah. to your world, where do they go? Sure. There, there's a, a few places. All right. Uh, my my consulting, my creativity consulting business is under uh, Satori, S-A-T-O-R-I, innovation all one word.com and that has a list of of other podcasts that i've been on it has my tedx talk it also in the about uh page has links to my other websites and i'm pretty sure it has links to my uh instagram but i have a a patrickwilliams.com which is where a lot of the big work that i just mentioned is and uh then i have celebrationflowerpaintings.com and that's obviously flowers but yeah. it's also uh like the the raven behind yeah, me i love it it's there and and a recent uh commission of an owl uh is there 
and some butterflies and moths and other nature works. I love it, man. Patrick, you got a beautiful spirit and soul, man. Thank you for your time today. Joe, it was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Yeah.